Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. better than this it's guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast i am kyle Krabs, director of scouting at ndt scouting lead draft analyst for fan rag sports and i'm joined by joe marino my right hand man who is coming down the home stretch with his draft materials i am feeling good feeling refreshed i had off on monday's show uh Happened to, to sit down and listen to perhaps the best piece of content that we have ever been able to put together. So hat tip to Jared Davis, hat tip to Joe Marino, hat tip to Roger Dixon for pulling it all together for us. Joe, I'm back, baby. Yeah, welcome back, man. Uh, not the day to miss, but um, you know that Gerard Davis piece was just. I mean, I was getting chills, literally, listening to this guy talk, just so excited about what he was saying and what uh, we were able to share with everyone. So that was awesome. Good to have you back. Uh, you know, nothing nothing news really happening, is it, Kyle? Anything people... Uh, yeah, there's there's some things happening in the world of NDT scouting, and uh, uh, I guess we got to start with... Uh, we have a new website Holla. Since, the, since the last time that you guys heard from me. Uh, the new NDTScouting.com is uh, it, it's finally up. We have our premium subscription uh, portal there, and, and everybody's getting on board. We just crushed all-time records. You know, I've been doing this four years. Uh, Single-day orders are through the roof, so people are really excited about what we have, which I'm really excited about. But I'm really excited specifically about the website, and we have to give a tip of the cap uh, to FanRag Sports because they they put a lot of time and effort into making this for us. And the reason why they did that is because, Joe, we have a multi-year contract with FanRag Sports uh, to have this content hosting relationship with them and and be a part of what they are building. Uh, So, you know, this podcast, Draft Dudes, is here because of FanRag Sports. And the new NDT scouting is here because of FanRag Sports. So uh, I, I just think there's a lot of guys behind the scenes. John Owning, Jamie Eisner, um, 
those guys don't get a lot of recognition. Their social media profiles are not, are not notably big. But if you're listening to the show, give those guys uh, a follow or, or check them out because they, they have put us here for you guys to listen to us, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, so we've got the, the new website, which is, uh, I, if I don't say so myself, very, very, very sharp. Uh, Going to be a lot of great content on there. There's already great content on there, so make sure you are checking early and often uh, to see what's going on. But, man, oh, man, your 2017 NFL Draft Perspectives oh, is oh, out, oh. and it is incredible. Man, a uh, hat tip to you. Incredible publication. It, it looks awesome. Uh, obviously, we know the work that you put in to you know, put the, um, the, the film notes together and give everything you had to give the best analysis you can to these players. And, um, you know, I, I can't wait to be done with my draft guide, which comes out next week, uh, to fully digest it. But, um, you know, really, really, really proud of, uh, of to be associated with NDT Scouting and, and to see our first uh, big publication for the 2017 NFL Draft. Well, thank you. Like I said, this is the fourth year doing this. And, um, I mean, the damn thing weighs like four pounds of paper. <laughs> it's it's massive, and it, it ended up being a, like a total of, uh, I think I, I logged my hours, it was something like 1,300 hours directly related to the prospectus. That doesn't include uh, some of the other summer work that we did, and in-season game watching, and traveling for games, and that that's just purely, okay, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to collect data, okay, I'm going to sit down and watch tape, and directly put that into the prospectus. So, uh, big, big, big project. A lot of great uh, turnaround on it so far. And, Joe, I, I'm going to give you a chance to vent because it seemed like you, when you did get your hands on this, um, first <laughs> of all, you, you complimented me. You said, hey, this is this is beautiful. It's very well done. Um, can't wait to sit down and have the time to read through it. But you got mad at me, and I want to give you a chance to, to kind of let some of that off your chest. Well, you know, I, I'm not – Man, I'm mad. I'm mad. You are mad uh, online. Yes, you are. Just, uh, it's funny, and I guess that's part of numerical scoring a little bit. There's just some guys that I'm like, yo, man, like, why don't you like that player? You know, you, you're just really down on some guys that I'm fairly high on. You're high on some guys that I'm pretty down on. And one thing that people have to look forward to that's coming is our cumulative board and, and we're going to really emphasize the discrepancies and get into some pretty intense debate. But I just thought there was a few guys on there that I'm like, come on, Kyle, you watching the same tape I am. Do I need to tell you what number they are? Because uh, we are not seeing eye to eye. Okay. And that's again, you know, I've been telling you, <laughs> you just wait because this, this has always been what's floored me every single year. Like uh, Tim Williams, for example, Tim Williams is, I got hammered for giving Tim Williams what ended up being a fifth-round value uh, with his final output score. I gave his film score an early second-round value. There's off-the-field stuff there. His testing, he was smaller and and did not test historically well. Uh, His production, his tackle-to-sack and tackle-for-loss production and and ratios were excellent, but his per-game productivity... Uh, was not especially strong. Uh, so those peripheral metrics, if they all tank, uh, it's it's a big difference. Another good example is Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry, when I did my film assessment for Jarvis Landry in 2014, I gave him a late first-round film value. And then he was slow, like very slow. 
very non-explosive, uh, was not pro- productive at LSU, and it ended up, you know, when adjusting for what I score with the criteria now, he ended up being a third-round value off of a, a late first film score. So if everything's bad in the peripheral side of things, those checks and balances can really drag you down on a player. And granted, I can, I can at least turn around and say, oh, well, I had a first-round film grade on Jarvis Landry. But he went in the second round, and the metrics put him into the third round. So it's kind of, you know, there, there's that happy medium that you try and find. And for some guys, if just the off the, if the peripheral me- resume is just bad, across the board bad, it can really drag down some of these guys. And I think that's what you probably saw with some of the players, you know, that you knew I in our conversations I liked. But then you get into the that time to run and get the final assessments, and it's not putting out what you thought it would be. So, Akello Witherspoon. I think this is the one... Oh, jeez. This is the one that ground my gears the most. I mean, this is a this is a Kyle corner in terms of size, okay, length. Okay, what, what is Kyle Crab's corner? Oh, I, could, I can tell you the Kyle Crab's any position. But the Kyle Crab's corner is... Is usually the big, long, dudes with that can play through receipt hands and cover. I understand that Kyle Witherspoon is 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 a a terrible, terrible tackler, run defender, D gap defender. But bottom of the sixth round, I mean, he is a he's a, a tickle for being a seventh round value on your board. And I mean, what's up? Okay, well, first of all, my number one corner in 2014 was Jason Verrett. Jason Verrett. I'm more of a foot speed guy than I am a length and size guy at corner. Uh, so, for example, Sidney Jones was my, my top corner uh, injured, but his, his score and his, his peripheral resume was so strong that even after I docked him a, a pretty sizable amount for the Achilles tear, uh, he still scored as the highest corner in the draft class. So he's still my top corner. And again, this is not meant to be predictive. I'm not saying that he's going to be the top corner drafted. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore is probably going to be the top corner drafted. Um, But Witherspoon, I saw some tightness in the hips. I didn't see great foot quickness. I saw terrible tackling habits. Those kinds of things really turned me off to his film. Sad. Uh, Okay, so... I have to ask you about the other Colorado corner, and this is kind of getting off the rails of you attacking me personally and my sure. assessments, and that's fine. Hey, you know um, what, before you do, and this is I want you to continue in that thought. I've I've listened to podcasts where the host just agreed the whole time, and, oh, that's a great point. You know, you, you hear just this big affirmation bro-fest, like, we're not going to agree all the time. And you know what? That's okay. We're, we're still cool. I want to know, yes, we are still cool. We're very cool. Uh, I want to know when Chidobe Awuzie became a first-round prospect. <laughs> That's a good question. I wrote about that on FanRag Sports this past week. Um, Holy cow. And, and oh. I, I saw that headline. You know, Obviously, <laughs> we've been in the big push getting the website out, so I didn't get a chance yeah. to read it. Oh, but I saw, I saw some people – I'm going to have to when we hang up here. I saw some people discussing oh, Awuzie in the range of like – late teens into mid twenties. And, and when did that happen? Bucky Brooks, Lance Zerline, Daniel Jeremiah, as of three thirty-one, in their most recent mock draft, all had him going in the first round. Uh, the highest being 
the Eagles number fourteen. I think Bucky Brooks has him. Uh, yeah, those are three big draft guys that are pegging him in there. I, I think it might be he can, he broad jumped really good and ran a four a low four four forty yard dash. Uh, but um, this is that, just that has not to, this year. they have to have wind of something. If you get all three guys making that move, yeah, it smells like DJ Hayden. Remember, like uh, DJ Hayden was like an okay cornerback prospect, and then the day before the draft, all of a sudden he's uh, Mike Mayock's number one corner at a top ten pick, and then he goes to the Raiders. Yes, it, yeah, it, it, you're right. It smells like that, but it's a little far out to smell like that, right? Yeah, and and I'm just curious. No, I mean there there must be one <laughs> one team. That told somebody told somebody that yeah we really like a woozy you know we know he's probably not going to be there with our next da, 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 da. but that just floored me as far as like no way <laughs> you look at the corners in this class and you're going to tell me Chidobi Awuzie is one of the best five yeah and that, and that's one of the points I made in the article I, I said you know I actually mentioned your your board and I said Kyle Krebs in his top 50 he has he has seven either seven or eight cornerbacks eight, eight corners. it's eight so you have eight and none of them are named Chidobia Woozy and then just to give another name I went with Matt Miller Bleacher Report he has seven corners in his top 50 none of them are named Chidobia Woozy just not not this year and, and he's really not a first round player I don't want and that's the, the, the title of the article was Chidobia Awuzie is a good player he's not a first round gr- value and so, like, I don't want to sit here and dump all over Chidobi Awuzi. He's a good football player. But not this year. Not when you have this type of premium at several positions, including cornerback, that, you know, Awuzi's going to be there with some of his deficiencies. Right. And I think I don't want that point to get lost either. Like, I, re- respectively speaking, I liked Awuzi's tape. I thought this yeah. can be a really good slot corner for somebody. Yep. I think that's where he projects most favorably. I gave him a middle round value. Um, I, I wasn't blown away. He ended up being tied for 18th best corner on my board. He was 146th overall. Gave him a fourth round value. He was tied with uh, uh, Jalen Myrick from Minnesota. Another kind of similar uh, smaller stature and does not have length that you want to see, but but very quick twitch athlete. Um Thought both of those guys as slot guys would would be good uh, beginning portion of day three type of guys, uh, but but first round talk for me is just it's just really confusing. So uh, they must have caught wind of something, and I, I'm glad that you kind of uncovered for me the catalyst of this conversation because I was really confused when I saw that <laughs> on my timeline. Yeah, yeah. Why are we talking about this? Speaking of, of players that are just skyrocketing, and, and this is a guy we both love, Hassan Reddick. We, I mean, this is a good, good, good football player. But uh, Lance Zerline had him going fifth to the Titans in his uh, in the same mock drafts that I've been that I was referring. I mean, is that is that crazy? Is that a bit rich? I mean, five for Hassan Reddick? Uh, probably a little bit. Uh, especially if I mean, you look at the, the the other options and avenues that they have to mm-hmm. go. You know, with them needing you know players on the boundary. They need a lot of mm-hmm. uh, skill players on the boundary on offense and defense. Um, that's not to say I would you know, get my He's pit- 15 on your Yeah, I was going to say, it's not like I would get my torch and pitchfork and go hunt somebody down yeah. if, he, if he went at five. He's my 15th overall player. I have 17 first-round values. Uh, he's, he's one of the, the better players in this class, in my opinion. Um, 
But again, you know, if they were totally resigned on, okay, I got to get a linebacker, and Ruben Foster scared you off with his shoulder medicals and, you know, the, the incident at the combine, hey, if you want a linebacker, then that, that's your number two option. But I think if you're looking at what else is going to be available for them there, I think they have much better options than to force a pick if they're picking for need at five. Yeah, I did a, I did a, a podcast with Chris Burke of uh, SI, and we, we talked about, you know, what is a player's ceiling, what is a player's floor, and you know, Hassan Reddick was just on the heels of that discussion. And, uh, um, you know, talk about a guy that's helped himself, you know, with oh the postseason, goodness. just unbelievable. But I just think that's a bit rich. Yeah. Um, so anything else that you want to get off your chest while I'm thinking of it about the uh, – I know Akella Willerspoon was one that really upset you. You were, like, offended by that one. I mean, Kyle, I mean, we don't want to have a two-hour podcast here, but um, I, I give mean – <laughs> give, me, give me one more. Give me one more. Okay, I'll, I'll go the um, – well, oh, man, this is tough. I'll tell you – I'll give you the choice. I'll give you the choice which one you want to roll with. Okay. Y- you've got a jag, and when I mean jag, I mean just a guy. Maybe a little better running back in Wayne Gallman. Stop it. As your 27th best player in this draft. Um, and Wayne Gallman, for me, probably going to be in that third, fourth round range. Or you can elaborate on Solomon Thomas, who I think is one of the best talents available in this draft. You have him as a... Oh, gosh. Where? Early second round value. Early. Oh, I have your board right here. Where He's did it go? 33rd off the top of my head. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Solomon 33rd. Thomas, 33rd. By um, upper upper second round value. Okay, so you think he's what thirty slots too low? Because uh, we're gonna 20. we're we're gonna get into this right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I he'll be one of the top five or ten players on no, my board. There's no way. There's no okay. way. Joe, what does he do best? What does he do best? Yeah, what does he do best? Beat blocks. Beat blocks in the run game. Yeah. How well is he as an outside pass rusher? It's yet to be seen. I'm I'm okay it's yet with to be seen. So now you're rolling the dice on something you haven't seen, Kyle. And that's what that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned. I've said this a lot in, in over the last two years of doing this. I have docked people too hard, overlooking upside, overlooking what this player can become if they achieve all their potential and based on traits. Okay, but his that, functional, his best functional pass rushing. All comes from the inside. Sure. So you're going to take him away from that? I'm going to play him at different places. I'm, he's going to be versatile for me. Okay. But do you not think, because when I watch Solomon Thomas, I see it, he's very effective stacking blocks, right? He can mm-hmm. get on top of blocks. He can extend. He shows good shedding techniques. And it all builds up more like, okay, this is somebody that, you know, you have set the edge in the running game, and then you kick inside as a pass rusher. But his pass rush skill set is very one-dimensional right now. And that's where I have the issue with him, is he's not an outside pass rusher, and his interior pass rushes is where he does his best work. And it's all push-pull and power rushes. Now, mm-hmm. if you were looking at somebody like Joey Bosa or John Allen, 
who are kind of in the same group. They just happen to be uh, probably, what, 15 pounds heavier than, yeah. than Solomon Thomas. Yeah. They have a lot more variety as pass rushers that allows them to win and occasionally slip past those blocks in head-up situations, in inside situations, and outside situations. Where with Thomas, it's just too much. For me, it's too much bull in a china shop. Where you're you're having to project that, and that's fine. He might get there. He very well may get there. Uh, but again, now you're talking about playing a guy that's 270 pounds on the inside, and now you're talking about does he get turned out of plays? Does he get washed out of plays? So he just doesn't check all the boxes for me to automatically say, you know, yeah, I feel really good about kicking him inside, and then I, I can play him in the run game outside. I feel really good about him as an edge-setting run defender, but his pass rush and his versatility I have some questions with because he's leaner than we thought he would be, and you see him get turned out of plays at the point of attack. And then as a pass rusher, I don't see enough versatility for me to get really excited and on board about. You know, not that this is a slam dunk comparison based on what you just said. but Justin when, Tuck? Are we going to talk Justin Tuck? Oh, no, but we can. Um, what I was going to steer that towards, you, know, you said bull in a china shop, a little bit one-dimensional with how they win. Um, again, not necessarily the same player, but things that I said, and I crushed the guy. Daniel Hunter out of LSU, Minnesota Vikings now. I said the same things. This guy's this guy's just raw everywhere. You know, only thing he can do is just run fast and corner the edge. And this is he's just he's too reckless. And I just felt I just I'm trying to learn from that. And I think there's a lot of exciting get off and physicality and just just traits that I'm not gonna concern myself too much about where to play him, just play him. And uh, I think he, I think he's going to be good. Okay, and my last point is I have Solomon Thomas 33rd on a list of 300 players, and that means I don't like him. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I have to spin it to, to make myself sound better, Joe, you know? I mean, Joe. No, I know that's frustrating. That, that, that's yeah. really frustrating when people, like, people I just posted yeah. on, on the new NDT site, uh, NDTScouting.com, I posted my Derek Barnett bit and I had him 35th mm-hmm. I like Derek Barnett I like him for what he is but I've had people ask me why Why don't you like Derek Barnett you have him 35th <laughs> no that's very good and, yeah and and you, I, if, you have that as a very good starter that's what you label his grade yes yeah so let's not let's pump the brakes on saying I don't like Solomon Thomas okay you don't like him as much as I do that's fair That is going to do it for us today here on Water Cooler Wednesday on the Draft Dudes Podcast. Uh, We are uh, on cloud nine right now with the launch of our new website, ndtscouting.com. Just really excited about how we are going to redefine the way the NFL draft is covered uh, with this new model that we have with the premium subscription, with the free stuff that you're also going to get. We're filling it up. It's it's going to be uh, just a a 12-month calendar full of nfl draft content and the truth is this is a 12-month job i mean uh, kyle and i started watching these players together end of may early june last year for our preseason reports and it culminates with uh, what 
what you're seeing right now in these in the Kyle's prospectus in my portfolio. So uh, we we really appreciate you taking the time to check out netscouting.com and, and give our uh, premium subscription a, a look and consideration. Uh, we are going to be back again for you on Friday talking NFL draft. You can count on that. Uh, again, make sure you're staying connected with us, Kyle, on Twitter. He's at NDT Scouting. I am at the Joe Marino. And uh, hey, we'll talk to you on Friday. This is the Draft Dudes Podcast. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.